Howdy folks, welcome to the Swapcast, where we make an effort to say words that are worth hearing. Ah, Phoenix Kaliter and uh, Alexandria took a look at this uh, Nancy Grace special about what's um, being found out over there at uh, Gilgo Beach out there in New York. Um, it's obviously going to be on your radar if you're paying attention to such things as uh, full-service workers' rights. Saying full-service workers because the language we typically use uh, is not favored, and um, it will help uh, push this sort of information, uh, discourse, uh, analysis, into the, uh, into the algorithm and uh, get more eyes and ears on this uh on this sort of material. And uh, Phoenix Kaliter and Alexandria will be back to record again on a uh, Monday night, uh, 9 p.m., for an update from uh, they are going to view a, uh, another documentary piece that was produced uh, in the mid to late 90s. Uh, for now, let's go ahead and get into this one. And uh, Alexandra Fiskleader will return to you next week with an update. Welcome to the Swapcast. We are here with my brave co-director, Alexandria. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it's been a while since I think that we've done a podcast episode together, right? I really miss my name. Mm-hmm. It's been a little bit. Yeah. So, but we're here because... We both watched something horrible. We both watched Nancy Grace. Yes. <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> On purpose. Nancy Grace is fucking awful. Um, but we did want to talk about it. So Nancy Grace did, uh, it was almost an hour long episode. I think maybe it was like 45, 50 minutes uh, mm-hmm. episode about the Long Island serial killer, the Gilgo Beat. Is it Gilgo? Is that how Gilgo. you say it? Yeah. Okay. Beach murders and... Um, I have a lot of thoughts. I know you have a lot of thoughts. Let's talk about those thoughts because that was an incredibly irresponsible and wildly annoying um, segment that was done today. And of course, it got dropped. Well, I saw it today because tomorrow I do believe that um, he is back in court. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has another court date. So (sighs) it will be trending again tomorrow. And I'm sure Nancy Grace's coverage is going to do numbers and do well. So um, for folks who maybe saw it and don't understand what the problem is or don't really understand the problem with how um, certain sex worker issues are covered in media or how violence against sex workers is how problematically violence against sex workers is covered in media we're going to talk about this and break some things down and hopefully uh, you'll walk away thinking about some things that you hadn't really considered before just in terms of responsible reporting um, and what it looks like when you have irresponsible reporting and what some of the consequences of that could be so, Alexandria, what were your initial thoughts about her episode? So, when I first saw it come up, I saw that it was new, and my first thought was, has anybody else done one yet? It's still so early. And when I looked at it, because it's on Max, on HBO Max, that it's part of their ID channel, which I know usually does pretty, like, superficial, fast, lots of sizzler, real investigation mm-hmm. and they're calling it a special report and so i guess they spent money for nancy grace but my first thought was oh holy shit this is way too fast how did they put this out so fast mm-hmm. 
and the rest of it le- reads so sloppy that you can tell. Exactly. It was rushed. Exactly. Yeah, I think that was, like, one of the biggest things was the people that they chose to talk to. They barely spent any time talking with um, the families of the victims, or I don't think they even brought in any friends of the victims. It was, like, his neighbors and stuff, Mm -hmm. and then um, the people on Nancy's panel, and it was just kind of a mess. Um, I just have, like, this random, (laughs) like, bullet point (laughs) list of notes, because I was just, like, writing wildly while this was playing. Um... I just, like, a weird thing that, uh, I guess not weird, but something that bothers me about the way Nancy Grace in particular does her stuff is that everything is intended to be so um, sensationalized, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, very clickbaity. It's not, like, a serious coverage the way you would expect a serious reporter to talk about this. And it's really evident in some of the language choices. And I was, I shit you not, annoyed 30 seconds into it. Because she kept talking about how the bodies were placed like trophies, because that's just like one of those lines that you get in these, um, you know, like true crime shows. Mm -hmm. But then like her follow up sentence was that the bodies were hidden. Well, if they're trophies, Mm -hmm. why are they hidden? So why did you go with the word trophies other than like clickbait type reasons to start with? And that was the first 60 seconds of it. I was done. I was over. (laughs) Oh, I was I was already done. When she she tried to sneak in this line so damn fast, she tried to sneak it in so fast. She's like, "How did how did her his wife and his daughter not know that he was out there killing hookers?" And I was like, "Oh my god, that, oh my god, that was." And, some... and then it cut, it jump cut uh-huh. to a commercial break, <laughs> to a commercial break. <laughs> That was one of the wildest things to me was um, the way that the language choices were all over. It went from, like, sex workers to escorts to prostitutes to hookers. And I was like, I, I mean, I'm glad that, I, like, I'm glad they're starting to use sex workers more often. But it sort of um, loses that, like, positive feeling behind it when, like, the next sentence you're like, hookers and prostitutes. Like, yeah. thanks, I guess. Yes. It seemed all of her experts were using the correct language, and mm-hmm. she was the only one not using the correct language because I watched. I was like, when is she actually going to use the word sex worker? And then when she did use it, she used it as a way to say, she's like, sex worker, hooker, as if people don't know and her panel doesn't know because they're all using the correct nomenclature. She's the one using derogatory terms mm-hmm. as if it's proper to use. And I would like I would maybe give her a little bit of space on it, but I can't do that because she's a big age and she's been doing this a long time. She yeah, she should. Yeah, she should definitely know better. And that was an interesting sentence because she did use hooker and sex worker in the same sentence. And I was like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck even? is wrong with you? That's <laughs> weird. And my other like I have a lot of issues, but I think my biggest um, second issue with it, because they did it so many times, was playing on this trope that like this is only a tragedy because these sex workers were something to someone else, right? Oh, God. Like, how many times they say, like, they were mothers, they were daughters, they were sisters. (laughs) And it's like, or they were just people who didn't deserve to be murdered. What the fuck? What the fuck? You know? Because they talk about, like, their adjacency to men, basically. Yes. And it's like, this is somebody's mother to... To, mm-hmm. that they have to be a mother this is their job you're taking them away from their job as a mother they're a sister obviously their role as a sister is so impactful to the community 
that we need to mention that it's like does somebody have to be a part of somebody else's family for them to be important like do i need to have a baby and a husband and mm-hmm. be a sibling of someone so i can be justifiably uh, mourned yeah and that was actually um they did it throughout the whole episode the whole um episode but i think the absolute worst one was the last one it was one of um nancy's guests and i it was like the last like literally the last like 60 seconds of the show um and this woman was saying that you know something that we all know that it um this happened for so long no one cared about these sex workers being murdered because nobody cares about sex workers but then her last sentence was but they were mothers and i was like that's not <laughs> point really like there is a level of added tragedy um because you know they do have families and now these children have to grow up without their moms but what if hear me out now what if maybe it's just a bad idea to kill sex workers and sex workers don't deserve to be murdered whether or not they have family whether or not they have husbands whether or not they have partners whether or not they have children whether or not their parents are still alive you know and like I think people don't really think about um like the like the overall impact of what how it hits when someone says something like that because there mm-hmm. are people and not just sex workers but people across all types of def- demographic de- <laughs> demographics who don't have those things and it's like so is someone worth less like is someone who came up in a, the foster care system worth less because they don't know mm-hmm. their parents is someone who, you know, had an abortion because they didn't feel like they were ready to have a child worth less because they're not a mother? Like, I, mm-hmm. I really wish people would think about the implication of what they're saying when they throw out lines like this. It's so disgusting to me. I hate it well, so much. There's a victim. There's a male victim, and he's an Asian man, and she spent a second on him. Mm-hmm. She made sure to let people know that in his search history that they, it's not difficult to go find somebody's search history or get it. And they said that he searched for Asian twinks. And she's like, well, there's an Asian victim. But then she spent no time talking about the Asian victim. They spent no time talking about him or where his story was or how he was found Mm -hmm. or the fact that his race likely played into why. And that one is likely a hate crime because of it. None of that. None of that. I felt like that there were 50 more interesting things to say about that about that poor person that passed away but she had very little to say to him about humanity and focused so much on women and their mothers yes and it's like and with that particular with that particular victim is his name known I don't even think they said his name. I don't, they didn't know. Like they didn't say his name or if he was only like a John Doe. Like I really mm-hmm. don't know from watching it. And there's something sort of embarrassing about that type of coverage. They are talking about somebody who was brutally murdered and you can't even tell us their name or if they're still unidentified. Really? Mm-hmm. That was awful. Yeah, yeah. Like I, the fact that all of this, yeah. Cause he's a John Doe. The fact that all of this is coming out and they're saying that his gender, the gender is unknown, but it's likely male, but also that he's a child. Because mm. yeah. the sketch that we see looks like an adult man that yeah. looks like he's in his 40s, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was identified as 12 years old. Oh, shit. That might have been a helpful... Because, de- see, the again, with the sensationalism, yeah. because she spent so much time talking about 
um, the killer's uh, like internet history, talking about he was searching up like you know like these really graphic um, child sex sexual exploitation titles about like nine year old girl and you know Asian twink and things like that. That might have been helpful to add into that little part of the segment, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, that one of the victims is a child, an identified minor, because the body's so mutilated, they believe that that it's a man based on the chemical, like the like from the forensics, that they believe that it's a man, but they also know that he's been identified as twelve. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, she spent no time talking about that, but she did. Like whoever's producing this show. The panel that she has up there, the journalist, the documentarian, and the former police officer slash investigator. Mm-hmm. And the former police officer slash investigator seemed the most predatory of all three of them. Yes. He seemed like he wanted to get his camera time in. And it seemed like they were using him in a big way because you could see his, he was, they weren't even hiding it. I don't know who's producing the show, but they weren't even hiding his headset Yeah, at all. He's and wearing he- it like he was fucking guarding Obama. <laughs> and it's like, dude, what are you doing? And when he asked that question, he's like, oh, are his phone calls recorded? You're a former officer. You want me to believe that you don't know that the only privileged phone calls he gets are from his spouse and his lawyer? You're telling me that? Right. If you're trying to inform the audience, you can do that in a different way besides having someone who should be an expert on that ask that question. It would have better came from the documentarian or the journalist, Mm -hmm. but they also should know better. So the question is almost like they wanted to fill time. Yeah. Because it's only 41 minutes. It's not even a full hour. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it definitely seemed like that. And um, I was not a fan of him either. Like, there was something very creepy about that particular person on the panel. And yes, I did notice the earpiece, which I think was only so blatant because you couldn't see anyone else's. And Mm -mm. I was like, why? What is he doing with this earpiece like that? Because it wasn't even just the earpiece. It was like the cord that goes like behind the ear. And I was like, (laughs) it really was looking like some Secret Service stuff. That was... (laughs) (laughs) It was. I I didn't understand. I was like, this is so extra... Like incredibly extra. <laughs> it didn't it, need, like it did not need to be all that. I was like, "What do you like? Who are you?" First of all, I've never seen your face before. It seemed like there was one professional person. Mm-hmm. It was honestly, it was fucked up that the police commissioner used the word sex worker before Nancy Grace did. Right? Uh, but two cops did, I believe. A police commissioner yeah. and like one the of the sheriff. investigators currently working the case. Yeah. Um, but I think that really does speak to like where we are with like the like the true crime era that we currently live in. Because that was something else I noticed, like outside of the commentary, because the commentary was like so horrible to me, like so frustrating. But also like the way it was produced, right? The way they put in the camera mm-hmm. angles and the music underneath it. And it's like you're putting on a show and I understand you're putting on a show to a certain level because it is like a TV show. But at this point, it's more... Um, like gossipy entertainment than serious reporting mm-hmm. and i was like this is just tmz if tmz yes. talks about serial killers like yes this isn't i was really... about to say that yeah like this isn't like a serious um you know this was a tragedy this is what happened how can we prevent this from happening again um <laughs> you know how can we keep sex workers safer how can we you know uh what can police do better to, you know, try to track down serial killers. Um, you know, how can we keep community safer? It wasn't any of those. It was like, and this just in, breaking news. <laughs> dun, like dun, the dun. people, like they had on 
the person that said that they had him as a client Mm -hmm. and they brought her on. Yes. And I was like, I don't under, like, it's not that I don't believe that she had him as a client, but I'm trying to understand why her presence there was needed and what the purpose was. And I think, well, I think that's actually like, I'm glad you mentioned that because I made a note about that. And I also made a note um, later on when they talked about, um, who was what was her name? Mary Shell, who used to work for mm-hmm. him. Um, it seemed like they were really trying to like vilify him in a way that mm-hmm. was weird and irresponsible. Because like the yeah. fact that you're accused of murdering people should be enough. You know what I mean? But now mm-hmm. they're trying to like I don't know, almost like a I don't know, um, almost like a Hannibal Lecter type aspect. Where it's like, yeah. you know, anytime Hannibal Lecter talks about food, it's like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. He's talking about eating people. And that's kind of yes. like what they did with this guy where they're pretending now everything he said was like that. He said that because he's a serial killer. But if you look at the stuff that they're saying, that's just stuff that white men say. And maybe say, like mm-hmm. we should talk about it from that angle. Um, yes. Like, one of the Very things- much so. Yeah. Like when's the last time there was a serial killer in the news like this? They are all salivating. They are chomping at the bit because they want to be the first one to have the hot take mm-hmm. about what's happening. But there are 17 million other things they could be talking about or using their weight to go find out about. But instead, they're do- like, this is so rushed. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking rushed. Yeah. And you could tell by the way it looks. Nancy Grace's hair doesn't even look good in the back. Like, it's like there was nobody there from wardrobe. I swear to God, I'm not, like, no cap. Like, her hair in the back needs, like, a little bit of, like, um, serum. Mm-hmm. It needs some serum or she needs to switch conditioners. And that shouldn't be right. How much money did y'all pay for this? And y'all couldn't even make her extensions match her hair. Damn. Because she does have extensions in and they are very blonde and they do not match her hair. Damn. I, ca- I have an HD television. That's not my <laughs> fault. Blame Vizio, okay? No, but yeah, I, I, it really does seem like it was rushed just to, again, like get like the TMZ sort of thing. But, you know, mm-hmm. speaking of like the way that they were talking about him, like, so they had the sex worker on who said he was a client and like Nancy Grace just kept asking you like, so he asked you if you knew about the murders? So he asked you if you had heard about them? And it's like, that's not necessarily um, the productive part of the conversation, you know, the productive part of the conversation is what made you feel unsafe and choose to leave and what could have kept you, you know, what could keep people yes. safer in the future may have been a better line of questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And then with that, anything um, like, yeah, you have a fo- you have a former quote unquote former escort. They made sure to say that they did. It's, she's a makeup <laughs> artist now. It's OK. Yeah. Former escort. I'm like, you have somebody here who understands the business and you could ask them a myriad of questions. Yep. Like, how does this affect people who aren't escorts? Because that's the the thing that they could be talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't matter. Escorts look like everybody. Look at these these women. The victims look like your neighbors. They look like your friends. They look like anybody who walks down the street. They don't look any different. They're not dressed any different. They're not doing anything any differently. Mm-hmm. It like shines a spotlight on this business because there's so many people who entered into it during the pandemic and kind of did it with a blind recklessness. Yeah. Uh, because they either didn't want to learn or they weren't able to, uh, but started getting into seeing clients or doing sex work or anything like that. But the implications about danger or anything like that haven't really been talked about or discussed. They're not in those circles where they have the community. And then we're not talking or having these conversations about safety. 
to even talk about like what's happening right now mm-hmm. and they could benefit people who aren't sex workers from listening to us about this yeah because we are already in it we don't have to do a special fucking news report exactly we're already in it exactly yeah and um you know like on that note just sorry about the way that i want to go back to the way that they were talking about um how he behaved and how he talked right of course they were talking to the sex worker trying to make like everything he did seem like some weirdo creepy like <laughs> horror movie uh, type Mm -hmm. villain level thing which is weird and not helpful to me but also they were talking about um uh, this person mary shell i guess she wrote an article about when she used to work for him years ago and she kept saying just stuff like he was obsessed with young women he liked blondes he liked petite women all the women he hired were young and pretty and petite and they're trying to really play that up like that means something because a lot of the victims were also young Mm -hmm. and petite but also like is that not just him acting like a typical man in a lot of ways? And we should probably address it from that level. Or if, you know, if you really do think that only being attracted to young petite women is a red flag, then maybe we should start looking at more of these men as walking red flags. How about that? You know? And uh, she was also like, he was obsessed with guns and talked about hunting. Like, I I don't know. Like, have y'all never been around like weirdo conservative white men before? Because they're always talking about petite women and guns. Like, you know? Yeah, they love it. It's like literally their favorite thing. And so, like, it's very frustrating that they're in this case, because he's accused of what he's accused of, they're making it seem like he's some sort of um, like supernatural level, like, you know, like demonic evil person when in fact a lot of his behavior went under the radar in the first place because he's just doing stuff that other men do especially other white men with means um you know living that white collar lifestyle and like i don't know how to shift that conversation to make it a larger conversation about maybe some of these things should be red flags um before Mm -hmm. we find a stack of bodies not after maybe yeah you know because there's certain behaviors and you're allowed like especially somebody who is like he's in charge of something He's also statuously large. Mm-hmm. He, but he knows that and uses it to his advantage. Somebody like that needs to be fucking watched because that's too much damn power. Yes, it's too much damn power. And what they're wanting to do, which is, it's ironic in so many ways, is they're trying to make him out to be. They're like, look, he had all these petite women, as if he's loading his office filled with. Uh, like trying to make him into this giant serial killer in a cinematic way. Yes, exactly. Like a cinematic serial killer. Yeah. And having this whole path of things like he's fucking Michael Myers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when in fact he's Ted Bundy in the other sense, where he's just a regular motherfucker y'all saw walking around who was out here doing the most heinous shit exactly. you've ever heard of. Exactly. And like what? And I also like so what was going on with you though that you knew he was doing all this stuff, but it didn't click until after you found out he was a serial killer mm. because you thought it was normal too. You thought he was just a regular guy until they found all the bodies. And Mm -hmm. now you're like, oh, he was obsessed with that. Oh, he did do that thing. But it's like, are you now um, extrapolating that to other people that you know? And maybe looking at them a little bit closer? I would Mm -hmm. hope. I don't think anyone is. But, you know, let me hope. And I I would think. (laughs) And I think that goes, like, with his neighbors, too. (laughs) Because... I'm so sorry to laugh because this is serious, but also, like, his neighbor is so ridiculous to me. Um, 
The two doors down neighbor or the neighbor they interviewed at his house? Well, honestly, they had the two neighbors or both of them. Both of them. Oh, my God. So they interviewed a neighbor like at the scene on the, you know, um, on in his neighborhood. And that neighbor said, like, he was weird and creepy and he would just like sit on his porch and watch TV. And it was like he was keeping a lookout and spying on people. And it's like, if you thought he was that weird, why did you let that shit go for so long? If you genuinely thought it was that weird. You know, and then, he- the, and then the other one was a neighbor that they brought onto the panel. So actually on the oh. show and he goes, he goes that this man was out here burning trash at two o'clock in the morning and was surprised that nobody called the cops because that was weird. But I'm like, my guy, why didn't you, you call you. the cops then? You <laughs> saw it too and thought it was weird. What the fuck is going on fuck? here? Like, how do you see so- someone doing some weird ass shit and be like, how come no one else called the cops? Does There's your a whole cell phone ass, not work? Like, the killing season <sighs> exists on Netflix. It's well produced. It's well made. You know, prior to them finding out who he was, six miles away from his house, mm-hmm. six miles, he's been watching this shit, making sure, like, oh, how close are they? Oh, wow, really close. He's probably watching these documentarians drive back and forth down his fucking street. Fucking probably. Yeah, because it's like, the place ain't that big. Mm-hmm. The place is not that big. Yeah. That's but- that's the other part. It's like, uh, uh, y'all saw something, but you didn't say something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not saying, like, you need to go trust a cop in your life. But if you think someone's out here being harmed, because there is no way you're telling me that they've seen interactions with him and his wife and the stepdaughter. And they've all been hunky-dory, peachy-peachy, and they've never seen anything weird. Because mm-hmm. I would have a hard time fucking believing that. Well, yeah, I mean, they're right now saying that their own interactions with him are that bizarre. And it's like, but you didn't do anything. So what? what was why? The, wh- why? I, I don't understand. Yeah, because I, I don't know. There's just something weird to me. But again, like you said, it does seem Russian. It does seem like everyone's in it to get the first hot take or to get their 15 minutes of fame. Because personally, for me, I would be ashamed if I saw someone engaging in a behavior that struck me as really weird and something that I maybe should call the cops about or report it to some type of, you know, authority or some type of law enforcement because someone's being so weird. But then to pop up on an interview after it turns out that person was actually doing something horrible, be like, yeah, he was so weird. I don't know why I never did anything about it. I would be mortified with myself, like as a person. I'd be embarrassed. That's an L. You're going on live TV to say that you've known for years that this man has been weird in ways that made you uncomfortable and he was your neighbor like you knew he was up to some shit but you didn't know what shit he was up to in a way that made you like scared Mm -hmm. but y'all didn't say nothing that's very bizarre to me it is but it's so fucking typical because it's like those things like when you're in a thin walled apartments and you can hear somebody getting their ass beat by their spouse fucking two apartments over and nobody's going to the door. Mm-hmm. Shit, I'm leaving my apartment. I go. Be, I will go bang on a door and have, and yeah. have. Yeah, it's- especially if I know there's kids in there mm-hmm. and fucking have. Yes. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I. It's very bizarre, bizarre to me that sort of behavior. But I guess they all got their spotlight Check. time, so I guess they're happy. I don't know because you get paid for an appearance, so they got some kind of appearance fee. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Oh yeah, you have to get paid. Like it's it's part of the law. So if you're on television, you're gonna get cut a check. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a W uh, two. You're gonna get cut a check. So 
the lowest they can give you is 250 for the day. Oh wow. And that's a non yeah, and that's a non-union price. <laughs> uh, but if you're part of SAG or anything like that, then so technically, I mean I mean, news people are technically breaking the strike because they they're news people, but not all of them are part of SAG. Um, but some of them are. So even these people who are coming in to interview the neighbors and all of that, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Other than they probably offered them more than the regular day rate because everybody's in there. They look like they they did their own makeup and hair but mm-hmm. everyone looks really well put together like they were coached and told what to wear yeah oh can you uh specify what sag is oh sag is the stage actors guild or the screen actors guild it's the union that people who are on stage use to be able to control their pay breaks uh ethical practices on the job and right now they are currently on strike because their pay is not being correct right now the production companies do not want to pay them out for the change of syndication to streaming because that money, that revenue, those checks are very, very different. They used to be able to survive on them and now they cannot. So they are definitely on strike. And um, Fran Dresser is their president and she's hold, holding things down. Yes. Yes. Um, so, and then also like, so did it seem weird to you that the way they were trying to make him seem like some sort of cinematic serial killer with some of his behaviors, but then uh-huh. also humanize him now that he's locked up. Yeah. I they- really feel like they're going to try to make him out to be this Ted Bundy, H.H. Holmes because of the dismemberments, because mm-hmm. of the fact that, I mean, you don't know what's going on, the pathology, somebody's mind, why they do something. And a lot of them want to know the why. But for mm-hmm. me, I don't give a fuck about the why. Right. Like, it's not like something we could prevent, like, oh, if I turn this burner off, I know I won't burn my hand. No, it's not that simple. So it's not like we're going to find out anything that's going to help. Like, the studying him Mm -hmm. is not going to help us, but I know that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to dissect him till the very last minute instead of trying to dissect how they can keep people safer and how to watch out for these behaviors. They're going to try to dissect him into something else. There's going to be so many hot takes about what is a sociopath, what's a psychopath. Well, I'm I'm not predictable. <laughs> I, I wonder if it's the profit motive and if the mm. profit seekers, if they actually do understand short term gains, long term gains, mm-hmm. short term losses. Mm-hmm. And if, oh, a couple of little podcasters talk about us bad that's a short-term loss but a long-term gain is movies additional Mm -hmm. documentaries Mm -hmm. interviews from behind the prison wall yeah it's like Mm -hmm. yeah it's like we've got one that's still alive Mm -hmm. fresh one yeah like Mm -hmm. here we go this is about five decades of money yeah oh yeah at least i think one of the wildest yeah i think one of the wildest parts about that too is like the way that they're contrasting his like creepy behavior, like he only likes petite girls, he likes hunting, he likes burning garbage at 2 a.m. With <laughs> how he's acting now that he's incarcerated, they're like, he's off suicide watch and attending religious services and getting phone calls and reading books. Like you just like you did all this setup to make him sound like some weirdo anyone could see his serial killer ass coming. To now like he's just doing normal stuff. He's reading books and talking to his wife and going to church. 
Like, what the fuck kind fuck. of flip? <laughs> and then also, like, I gotta wonder. I mean, I guess technically religion is for everyone. Jesus loves everybody or whatever. But yeah. I kind of wonder about whoever is holding the religious services that he is attending. Honestly, like, he's pre-trial detention, so <laughs> he's going to attend every religious thing that they ever have. Anything that they hold, he's going to be there because he wants to look good to the judge for exactly. sentencing. Exactly. He's like, I want to look so good for sentencing. I want to look so good for sentencing. It's like, motherfucker, what's going to end up happening is because they're likely right that there are more bodies. He has a timeshare across the fucking United States and mm. in fucking California, in Las Vegas. Yeah. So mm, there are probably more bodies yeah. that they're going to have to make a deal because they're going to say, oh, we want to give this motherfucker the needle. Mm-hmm. And the DA will say, well, if you give us every single body and you don't leave one out, yep. we'll let you have life. But if we find another one, that's the needle, friend. Yeah. And I think, like, the frustrating thing about the religious services to me is, like, I want to talk to that preacher and be like, does this person actually seem like they've repented? They haven't even pled guilty yet. Why are you letting them in your church service? Yeah, like, why do you need to go to church if, like, why? Well, not to be predictable. (laughs) (laughs) But what if they're like, no matter what answer they give you, they know that they can do paid interviews afterward. Mm -hmm. They do. Right? Who doesn't want to talk to the preacher that saved him? Yes, Mm -hmm. or the preacher that he confessed to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. like literally a million dollar confession. Right? Steven Crowder's doing the Birdman rubbing hands thing. (laughs) Literally standing at the window, like just rubbing your hands, looking at your future money just flying towards you. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I also found funny, though, as much as they're humanizing him um, in jail, one of the funny lines, just like a throwaway funny line, I don't even think Nancy Grace knows she did it, was when she referred to him um, being locked up. She goes, well, he's in jail now, getting his three hots and a cot, I guess. But like, so oh my God, attitude, I heard I was that. like, I so fell. due process, we're doing due process. We didn't like lynch mm-hmm. him before we did the investigation. I, <laughs> okay. I, scri- I scrimped. I scrimped. When she's like, he's getting three hots in a cot. And I was like, woman. <laughs> that was that was just a weird-ass comment to me. But yeah, you know, due process, whatever. She's so aggressively country. <laughs> she is. She really like, is. And I'm a country person. Like, I literally have chicken and ri- smothered rice and chicken on the stove. Like, I am so country. Like, <laughs> but good night, this woman. She she just plows through. She's stereotypical white country woman mm-hmm. where she'll just plow through the conversation and she doesn't give a fuck what you're trying to do. Seriously. It, it's uh, it's wild to think about Nancy Grace's start and what happened to her and that tragedy. And then look at who this person is sitting in front of us right now. <laughs> yeah, I think the steamrolling thing is like so important to mention with her, though, because even the way she was like asking people questions like so aggressively but asking people questions that they didn't have answers to and then sort of being like annoyed that they weren't saying what she wanted them to say like when she was talking to i think it was um the commissioner maybe one of the Mm -hmm. one of the investigators when they were like was there a torture family in the uh, torture chamber in the family home and they're like we're still investigating she's like so there could have been a torture chamber in the family home (laughs) we're investigating we don't know yet 
but like she was not pleased with that answer like no give me hot click uh give me clickbait shit like don't just give me the truth don't say you don't know don't say you're doing your due diligence don't say you're doing a real investigation give me something salacious this is you know uh tmz but the crime edition like it's very frustrating um to for her to do that because it's like are you here to find facts or are you here to do clickbait because this is not a situation that requires clickbait at all at mm-hmm. fucking all. not at all yeah like ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah i don't what else did she say i'm looking at my notes now like what else did she say that pissed me off she said a lot of things that pissed me she off. she said a lot of things that just straight up just like made me mad She's so out of touch with humanity and how other people actually feel, or mm-hmm. I would just say more quickly, empathy. Mm-hmm. That switch is like it's turned off. And yeah. I feel like you can turn that on and investigate something at the same time. Yes. I feel like it's possible. She just is so, her sensationalization of everything but especially this is just the way that her focus was on all these exterior things but not the interiors his neighbors what he's doing in prison right now what he's doing in jail right now you know what his work was like all talking to these people that are not going to be witnesses because you can't talk to anybody who's a part of the fucking investigation mm-hmm because it's in the middle of an investigation. So you have to find people who are outside the investigation, but also insiders. Right. It's like, how are you going to... It looks like it looks for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the same thing, too. Well, that was one of the things she kept trying to press one of the investigators to say whether or not they think there's two killers. And he's like, I don't know. We're still investigating. So it could be two killers. It might be two killers. Are you sure it's not two killers? It's like... Can you let them finish the investigation before, like, adding to the fucking conspiracy theories, please? Like, there's already so much misinformation around this entire situation, and you're just amplifying it because it brings in ratings? Like, there's something, like, really gross about that. I really do hate it. Yeah, especially that, like, none of the investigators are saying that there are two killers. It's just that... It's just people in journalism that suspect that there might be two. Yeah. And it's like, they're... He has motive... He has opportunity. He has the stature and the strength to take care of all of it himself. Mm-hmm. There is no reason to to even suspect that there's a second person involved. Exactly. And if there was a second person, he's not going to give that up. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, um, the way she was talking about um, his um, browser history was, like, part of that, too. Because, like, to me, it would have been sufficient to say that he was watching child sexual abuse materials. Yes. Like, that would have been sufficient. He was, he was looking at... Um, sexual content that involved minors. Um, uh-huh. He was looking up sexually explicit titles about minors. Like, but she was like, "This is disgusting." But I'm gonna read it. Ugh, this is so nauseating. Let me read another one. And like reading off these like graphic ass titles about like nine year old and you know, Ugh. and like things that had like straight up had like rape in the title, had nine year old in the title, had ten year old in the title, and it's like. You don't, like, you're just doing that to be salacious. You don't have to read the entire title. You can tell us that he was looking up um, child sexual materials, like, specifically featuring 10-year-old girls. You could have said that. You didn't have to read the, and then also, like, you read the direct title of what he was searching for. Now, if someone was a pedophile, and they were looking 
for specific types of content. You just <laughs> gave them the search title. Yeah, the fine. Why would you do that? Why would you? This, by the way, this aired on network television because it had a rating. It's rated TV 14 because the FCC doesn't require you to put a rating on things that are streaming only. That's why it's the wild, wild west now on streaming and you can thrust and fuck and do whatever you want to. But if it's on television, it still has to follow FCC rules. So this is rated TV 14, which I don't know how it's not TV MA. You think it would uh, they're be. They're talking about severed fucking legs. Right. They don't cuss. They don't show any blood. They're not showing any graphic violence, but they're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, what's being overlooked here is really <laughs> how kind of, like, Layla Micklewait kind of set the terms for this now. She did. This is, it, mm-hmm. it is now the, uh, the, the Micklewait model. The Micklewaite model, that's actually a good name for it. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, and if folks don't know, Layla Micklewaite is one of the um, people who works in the anti-sex trafficking field. Um, well, you know. Uh, has been uh, very vocal about trying to end Pornhub. Call, like, her thing is she calls it Trafficking Hub. Um, and that's, I guess, her, I don't know, contribution to the culture. Um, but a lot of what she does in order to quote unquote bring awareness, right? That's like the justification for it is straight up posting videos of, um, people who are allegedly being raped or people who were maybe engaging and consensually making a video, but did not consent to it being uploaded. And some of those videos making it to Pornhub. And of course the immediate pushback and criticism is like, okay, so if someone was raped and it got filmed, why would you repost that? under the guise of awareness like that's fucking foul you know and that's like honestly like just only like two steps away from from what nancy grace was doing to be honest by just straight Mm -hmm. up saying the titles of um what this you know what type of material he was looking at because if he found the video other people are going to be able to find the video you did not need to like Mm -hmm. say the name of the video you know, you Ugh. didn't need to go into, you literally could have just said he was looking at, um, you know, trying to find sexually explicit content uh, featuring minors, featuring children, and like left it at that. Okay, but now Jordan Peterson can search <laughs> and make sure that it's Fuck. no longer available. <laughs> no, they'll just uh, post it to Twitter because apparently that's okay yep. to do to Twitter. What's that fucking guy's name on Twitter? You saw that, right? <laughs> yeah, what, what the is fuck name? is his name? Um... There's like this like very well known. I think it's Dom Luker on Twitter. He's like yeah. a very well known um, like right wing troll type person. Like, and he actually posted this that super super disgusting um, video. Although I'm not even gonna say the name of it, but it's like very well. If you follow news of people who get arrested for having child sexual exploitation materials, you you know the video I'm talking about. It features a child named Daisy. That I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, she was very, very, very young in the video. Um, actually, what's his name from, uh, Josh Duggar from the 27 kids and counting, however many fucking kids they have now, um, was caught with that particular video. Um, he posted, like, a clip from that video on Twitter and got his account suspended, and then Elon personally responded and reinstated his account because he was just bringing awareness I feel like I'm not exaggerating when I say if I was a child who was sexually abused and someone kept reposting the video of me being abused, I would probably just kill myself. Yeah. Like, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. 
Like, stop trying to make me relive, like, the worst fucking experience of my life as a minor for clickbait and for fucking awareness. I am not your awareness campaign, okay? Like, yeah, like, ugh. what the fuck is that? Disgusting. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah, and when they keep posting it, that also just means that they have it. Yes, and which, why the also, fuck do you have it? And keep in mind, that I mean, like, planned obsolescence exists, right? And so that means... They're making an effort to transfer that file over to new devices whenever they upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know. <clears throat> See, the real problem is that OnlyFans exists. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. OnlyFans. The, Only like... Fans. I swear, like... OnlyFans became, like, Facebook... Or Instagram almost, mm-hmm. in a way, because there were, a, it wasn't meant to be, or it was never taken at the time it came out in 2017, is something that was serious for us to be our sole moneymaker, but here it was, mm-hmm. and you have people who are sensationalizing it as a platform itself, but like yeah. it's also its own little niche thing. And we have its own niche problems, but anti-traffickers, they see something like OnlyFans and they're like, this is where it all starts. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Which is wild because, well, you know, don't don't let me go on and get another like Sesta Fosta rant and Backpage rant. But remember when they closed Backpage and they said that that was going to end stuff and people were just going to stop doing sex work and traffickers were just going to stop trafficking people. And now we have OnlyFans like, oh, my God, all the sex workers, all the traffickers, everyone's on OnlyFans. The thing that y'all said wasn't going to exist. Oh, okay. All right, then. All right. Here we are. Here we are. The The thing is, I go to AVNs and they're not protesting outside. (laughs) <laughs> you feel me i get it like they they could be there they could be like nothing's stopping them from also getting a booth inside in the trade show either yeah and that's what happens right you take away things like only fans or you know you make it harder to do sex work in an area and all the sex workers are like ah jesus we'll back to landscaping yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> Yeah, it's we had true. a good hustle, folks. Uh, the game's over. It's true. Hon- honestly, they feel like what's going to happen is they're like, well, no more sex work. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll go back to my biochemistry lab where I came from. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> where do you think I'm uh, going? Yeah, like, I thought I had a way out of roofing. All right, back to bricklaying. <laughs> I think the wildest thing about that argument for me is like how they'll pretend that um, almost everyone in the industry is trafficked. And it's like, okay, but so you took away where traffickers advertise, but according to you, they just, it's like the movie Taken, right? They just have a bunch of girls, mm-hmm. like, locked up in a basement somewhere. Mm-hmm. What did they say? Just go the fuck back home to your parents' back pages down? Like, yeah, even in like, your weirdo trafficking fantasy that you're pretending is real, like, what happened to all these trafficking victims that are, you know, um, like, yeah. locked up in basements somewhere? What? What? Yeah. Like, What? <laughs> They act like they're busting down doors with their own personal SEAL Team 6 to get all these people. They're like, yes, we closed down Backpage and all of our people are in position. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Shit is like, wild. They are we going to have to watch cause, that film? Like, I remember the year after Sesta-Fosta, the list, the D-17 list, mm-hmm. doubled. Because I remember printing yep. it the year before. And 
printing it the next year. Yep. But just the new names, the new names were doubled Mm -hmm. from the year before. Yeah, and not only were the new names doubled, but there were more, um, even more names of people who had previously died. um, Just because, like, because there were so many more sex workers being killed as a result of that, like, there were police going back and looking back at old cases of, like, Jane Doe's and things like that. So there were more um, identities found, too. Like, across the board, there was a fucking increase of names on the D-17 list. But, Uh you know, sex is bad, so it's okay, I guess, or something, or whatever the fuck these fucking anti- They act like, it's one of those things, like, people think they're so adjacent to billionaires. It's like, no, you're more adjacent to us, you're more adjacent Mm -hmm. to sex workers. You are, because it's like, I'm your fucking neighbor. Yep. I'm your fucking neighbor. So if somebody wants to hurt me, they they might want to hurt you too. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is which is so funny because I actually just made like a tweet about that. But um, this idea that um, because sex work exists, like that's like ramping up misogyny against women. And it's like, so you're telling me if OnlyFans didn't exist, you would never get an unsolicited dick pic in your DMs? Really? Mm. It's because yeah. OnlyFans exists? They're like, you would never be cat- called on the street. You would never be sexually harassed by your boss. Uh, no one would ever grope what? you on public transit. Come My God, now. have they not seen the movie Nine to Five? Like it's been happening for a long time, forever, forever. <laughs> forever. It's wild. It's so wild to me. It's basically the plot of Nine to Five. Yeah, like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. It really is. But you know, they don't want to. They don't want to address that part. No, um, it's like we're we're living in a society where it's so patriarchal that any woman especially fem any fem presenting person or woman who gets in a position where they stand to make more money or have more power than men in it you are always going to be looked down on that's just going to be the case because they are so fucking threatened by that mm-hmm. because it means that they are they can't be on top yeah. if you can also be on top that mm-hmm. doesn't work for them they don't want to be on the same level damn it <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's absolutely true. And it's just weird that they blame sex workers for that. Because, like, sex workers aren't the ones making men behave like this. <laughs> like, why are you angry at sex workers? Sex workers like, don't do anything to you. Part of our culture is screening in whatever way, whether it's that conversation at the door, whether it's that conversation at whichever door, the car door or the front door, you know, whether it's that conversation online, you know, our all of our culture is about screening people. So we want, we don't want them to act up. That's mm-hmm. the last thing. We Seriously. Want. Seriously. We're literally trying to mitigate that as much as possible by whatever manner of screening that we're doing. You know, and people think that we are the reason why men are out here beating their wives. They're like, oh, because you might open up your legs for somebody then, you know, for money means that that you are attributing to the culture where I'm getting my ass beat, where it's like, no, I'm not that person who's beating your asses, but I'm not. Yeah, but why would you think that way when you could just blame another woman, most likely, and blame a sex worker, right? Um, You know, or blame a black person, like whatever. Blame a blame a queer person, a trans person, like blame someone lower than you on the social ladder in terms of privilege. Just it's fine. It's their fault somehow. Just yeah, you know, they've done it. It's it's their fault. Damn it, it's their fault. Um, 
But um, it's also funny that you say that because, uh, sorry, getting back to the Nancy Grace thing, looking at the rest of my notes. Um, as you were saying that, it was making me think of uh, Nancy Grace because she got mad because this dude won't give his DNA. Like, they have to get a court order to give the DNA. And she was, like, so offended about it. And she's like, well, if someone accused me of doing a thing, I would give my DNA. I was like, well, you're stupid is what that is. <laughs> like- I was like, the last time you were accused of something was 1979. And it was for your fiance's murder, and you were cleared. And that was in 1979, so, like, the piousness, mm-hmm. bring it down. Yeah, because there's the whole, like, well, if you didn't do anything, you have nothing to worry about. Like, do you know how many wrongfully convicted yeah, people there are in prison? The, that was my first thought. I was the like, fun. I think he fucking did it. Yeah, We don't have to worry about that shit. But, like, her... Like, her logic didn't make sense. I was like, bitch, you're, but shut up. <laughs> I think what was funny about her logic on that, though, was her whole, like, if you didn't do anything wrong, you have nothing to fear by giving your DNA. But then five minutes later, she said there are no coincidences in criminal law. Like, do you understand how terrifying that is? As, a like, the, the mental, yeah. um, like, her mental train of thought on that is fucking terrifying. So you should give your DNA if you didn't do it, but if your DNA is found at the scene of a crime, you can still be found guilty of that crime, even if you didn't do it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, because that's happened before, right? Like, we've had situations Mm -hmm. where someone has been assaulted in a crowd, but if you're in the crowd, even if it wasn't you, you're still a suspect, right? But there are no coincidences, but give them your DNA. But there are no coincidences, so if your DNA's there, you're the perpetrator, but give them your (laughs) DNA if you didn't do it. No, don't no. Don't give them please don't give police your DNA. Like <laughs> No. Don't just like don't. do it. Don't just like do it. Like, first of all, we know this motherfucker did it. They locked it like they know he did it so hard they were able to lock him up without DNA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's fucked. He's For going real. to fucking prison. He's going to big prison. And if they get him for child sexual crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna go to the side of prison where he's not gonna last very long. So that part, if you're talking about somebody who has a big ass ego, they want him to be some kind of prolific killer, serial killer. But that's just a fucking man. Yeah, I think um, with that too. Like, I'm curious, are they gonna charge him with the child um, sexual materials? I would. I, I mean, would I, think the DA would try to do that too. I would, I would think hope. So. And like are they going shit. to charge him with a hate crime? You may. I that would be. I think they can. There's only one Asian victim, and he specifically looked up Asian. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they would have a case to make. Like, I, I feel mm-hmm. like it's solid considering everything else, but I don't know if they will. I mean, fuck it. Yeah, put him I mean, under the jail. Put him under the prison. I support that wholeheartedly. Um, yeah, and I know there there are more bodies. There's no way that this is just it because one, it just it just doesn't feel like this is it. It feels like there's more. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is tip of the iceberg because this shit is still new, and yeah. that they're gonna keep finding things because it's gonna all depend on how how the first part of this trial goes. Mm-hmm. And as long as this shit is locked tight and they don't fuck up, he's going to prison. But if we get into an O.J. Simpson situation, then what, like, what do we do if that happens again? You know, in that kind of, you know, by like that small biochasm in time, 
where Rodney King and, you know, and the LAPD, and then you're having OJ Simpson right afterwards, that biochasm of time allowed, and, you know, all the other bullshit happened in between because the LAPD fucked around and tampered with shit because they knew he did it and they wanted to make sure he went to jail. But instead of just letting the shit speak for itself, they fucked around and they got shit thrown out that could have just sent him to prison immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that really concerns me with this whole thing, like, is I feel like there's definitely more victims, but I don't know that we're ever going to find them, because even, like, right now, he's only being charged with killings that happened between, like, 2007 and, like, 2011, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But they were finding bodies in, like, 1996. Mm Mm-hmm. And no one cared, and, like, I'm just worried... Um, because I know, like, we mentioned one of the victims, um, her, she, she was basically in pieces, um, but mm-hmm. her legs were found, like, quite a distance from her body. But, like, that mm-hmm. concerns me to be like, how much um, evidence has been erased just because it was sitting on a beach for so long and nobody cared? Like, yeah. how many bodies are we not going to be able to find because no one cared about this in, like, 1996, 1997, 1998? And we didn't care until 2023. And now, like, we only have victims back to 2007, even though there's, you know, victims going back mm-hmm. way further than that. Like, I'm really, um, like, yeah, I fully uh, believe there's yeah. more victims, but I'm also, like, very concerned that we're never going to know. I honestly just... feel like there's there's so much more that we won't know, but there's, I also feel like this is something that we're going to find out a lot of things, because you're talking about pre- Like, surveillance-style internet. Mm -hmm. Pre-surveillance-style internet, I think, is probably the best way to say it. So, uh, early 2000, you know, like 2003 to 2005-ish. You know, anything before the year 2000, honestly. Anything before September 11th. Anything before 2001. Yeah. There we go. Um, Pre-Patriot Act. There are, there's so much things that people could have done, like burying bodies in woods and, like, if you come out to places like Texas, you'll just be driving to the grocery store and you might encounter like a couple miles of woods mm-hmm. that go back very far. Yeah. And it's not like they're being watched or they're fenced necessarily. It's not, you know, there's constantly cars down that road, but no cameras. Like it's not, there are things I remember seeing cause like living in Texas you know, them pulling bodies out of the Gulf or pulling bodies out of banks, mm-hmm. out of the riverbanks yep. or out of the the um, the ditches that people just didn't pay attention to because yep. they weren't, nobody went out that way. Nobody was looking out that way. Nobody was looking for this person out that way. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a giant Metroplex. Yeah. I just feel like in the next 15 to 20 years we're going to find even more fucking bodies and i know it's a grim thing to think about but there was so little surveillance especially in the 50s and 60s too yep but there are just bones out there people that have been murdered that we don't know about because right now we're looking at this guy all of his victims are white because that's the thing they're trying to do Mm -hmm. they're trying to make him into this like these are his they're trying to what is the word criminal minds they're trying to do that profile on him yeah they're trying to give him a profile and the victim that's an asian person doesn't fit the profile mm-hmm. so they don't they barely talk about him 
And I bet that's why they're like, do you think there's another killer? Probably. Probably. I could see that. Wasteful. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fucking wild, I think. This is going to be a circus. It's going to be a circus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone's going to have hot takes about sex work. Everyone's going to have hot takes about sex work and what, like, the dangers of etc etc and it's like unless you've lived this life you have no idea what it feels like or what that anxiety feels like right before you meet a client like it's it's not something i can I can describe honestly but like it doesn't really kind of go away like it doesn't impede work but it doesn't go away mm-hmm. so trying to explain to people it's like telling that like are you gonna tell somebody go quit your job and they don't have another job or profession or thing they've invested money in for the last upteenth years because that's what you're saying. You're saying close your small business that you've invested in for the last decade because I personally now have realized it's too dangerous and that's mm-hmm. what I'm kind of afraid of. There's right. going to be a lot of that rhetoric that people are like, oh, wow, I didn't realize people could get murdered. Mm-hmm. You know, and and in like uh, like talking about the wrong thing, focusing on the wrong thing, um, <clears throat> it's similar to like when you see these uh, propaganda pieces out that come out like you know films that are out right now mm-hmm. that are like propaganda about uh, uh, trafficking, and uh, and it puts in the minds of like these sort of pedestrian viewers, these pedestrian citizens on these issues, and. Um, and then they get the idea in their head of, like, a bunch of blonde four-year-old children. And then they see, like, the actual victims in real life. And you're going to see, like, 19-year-olds that got away. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're not blonde. They're very, uh, you know, black, indigenous. F- folks, that, folks that is colored and mm-hmm. their hair disrespects gravity. And you're going to be like, what? No. <laughs> and... Yeah, those audiences are mm-hmm. going to be less sympathetic to the actual victims. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really big, a very valid point that a lot of people have pointed out about, like, Sound of Freedom and stuff like that, as they claim it's bringing awareness, but it's so unrealistic that it's actually, um, well, I say the CSI effect, right? Like, mm-hmm. so how, you're looking at me confused? <laughs> oh, no, that's a, a, a television program. Yes. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down yes. with the pop culture. Um, it is a television program, like one of those, like, um, you know, like forensic procedural shows. And like, a Law & Order has the same problem, but is that people don't only view them as, like, TV shows. People assume that um, they're based on uh, real-life <clears throat> events or how these sort of things work in real life. And so, like, that was actually a really mm-hmm. big problem um, that prosecutors were actually complaining about with, like, things like CSI is that they would have someone on trial and the prosecutors were having difficulty winning cases because the jury would be like, well, according to CSI, you could have run this type of DNA test or that type of <laughs> fingerprint test. Or, you know, like, they think they're fucking, like, experts in forensics now because, like, they watch, oh, like, Jesus CSI Christ. or, like, NCI, whatever. NCIS. Yes, and shit like that. <laughs> and, like, you know, and I feel like that's where we're going to end up with trafficking. And if you look at, like, where the trafficking um, panics already are, right, how many fucking TikTok videos um, Ugh, someone Target. tried to traffic me at the mall because they put a flyer on my windshield. Someone tried to traffic me at Target because it's they had the, the thingy. Remember, did you see the one where the person was saying like the, um, like the bras and underwear that have like the sensor thingy so you can't leave the store with it? Like that uh-huh. was a trafficking chip. Did you see that? 
no so yeah someone was saying that so like yeah they're like traffickers are trying to target you um outside of like big box stores where you buy bras (laughs) no that that's so the loss and prevention staff can traffic you into that stupid little office (laughs) you know you know funny enough in the last like uh i would say uh six to seven years law and order svu apparently got right with somebody's somebody's jesus i don't know not mine but they got right with somebody and either fired all the writers or educated all the writers or something because they started using the proper nomenclature they don't say hooker anymore at all ever they only say sex worker sometimes they use the word survival sex work even (laughs) yeah i remember hearing it and i was just like working because i got it because they use a lot of rip from the headline stuff, and I want to make sure I know where I'm at because this is what the public believes is true. Exactly. Most okay. of the time. And yeah, this is what they believe is true on Law and Order SVU. Plus, Mariska Hargitay is foin. Yeah. Um, okay. Foin. I didn't know that. Like, because I'm. I'm actually not down with the pop culture at all, uh, but like when when I am, um, sometimes I watch these uh, content creators that talk about films and things like that. And, you know, these are very pedestrian folks, like, you know, folks mm-hmm. that you hear them talking, you're just like, oh, you don't know what problems are. Your life seems awesome and you're on YouTube now. And <laughs> I hear them use the language sex worker. And I'm like, where are they getting this? Because, like, these are very pedestrian people. But now you're mm-hmm. pointing out how, like, through these programs, it's getting into mm-hmm. the larger culture. So and that they, actually yeah. gives me some context. Yes, they are. They in the last seven, this is about seven years ago, they started using this language. Mm -hmm. So now when they talk about trafficking, if it involves, uh, there's a couple episodes specifically with that feature a sex worker as the victim. Um, There's a couple storylines where they talk to somebody from that used to be in Vice and then they came on to them. Mm -hmm. And so they know a couple people who work down at the pier, but they don't arrest anybody. And then they started a new law and order, and it's organized crime. Oh, no. So they just do Ricos, but they the first season is them going after a cop gang that's like a secret cop gang. And he goes undercover to take down the cop gang who's doing, like, out here doing mess, like, acting up. And he shuts it down like a Elliot Stabler show. It's Stabler is show. Dick Wolf still alive? Bitch, he's out here getting checks. Because, like, that's wild to me. Because I, I think my big thing with Law & Order, the reason I can't get into it is because I know it was intentionally started as pro-prosecutor propaganda. And, like, I just, no. Well, now the well the executive producer on Organized Crime is Eileen Shecklin. If, and she's also the lead writer. She's also the, the creator and lead writer of The L Word. It's, you're familiar with that show. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, so it's not... It's not quite, uh, they kind of, they pivoted. They realized what was happening Mm -hmm. and they didn't want to be blue bloods. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have to say, although, last thing I want to say about the Nancy Grace, because you just reminded me of it as we're talking about, um, police and how police treat sex workers. Um, how come not, I feel like no one is talking about the fact that police are getting tips from incarcerated sex workers. How fucking They talked to a hundred. How fucking dare you go to incarcerated sex workers and demand they help you with your investigation? Let them out, goddammit. Let them out. 
did you pay them what you paid these people for an appearance fee? Seriously. Put that on their books? Seriously. And I can't even imagine what type of, like, coercive tactics are being applied um, to... Because, like, they said that on the Nancy Grace thing, that they were talking to incarcerated sex workers and formerly incarcerated sex workers. I cannot imagine how coercive that shit is. Oh, I'm sure it's people on papers. Mm Mm-hmm. So they could make them do it. Mm Because they could just get their POs to do it and comply. I'm sure it's the same prison. Yeah. Like, I feel like we need to talk about that more, too, because that... I. It's very hard for me to imagine that's being done in any sort of, like, ethical way at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I know it's all nice that the cops were saying sex workers on the show and stuff like that, but I also know that behind closed doors they still say NHI, so, you know, I I can't imagine. uh, Oh, right, and of course, for folks, if you don't know, NHI means no human involved. That's how police talk about cases where sex workers are the victims, because they don't think sex workers are real people. Mm. Um, But, yeah, so, like, I'm very frustrated that incarcerated sex workers are sort of being expected to like do the labor of this right now like and they're not being praised they're not being celebrated they're not getting time off their sentences they're not being recognized they're not being paid for their efforts it's just just another inmate with some information and i fucking hate that yeah like what do you do what did you do for them afterwards did you offer them aftercare did you put money on their books Mm -hmm. did you put in a good word with their po did you like put in the good word at their group home or their housing did you get them an upgrade somewhere did you get them something they're missing like what did y'all do for them who were doing these fucking interviews anyway yeah i just i just have so many doubts about that it makes me so uncomfortable like so uncomfortable because i know it wasn't done with any compassionate care i can't imagine it was no way no fucking way and i think also even um if and that's a very big if police and investigators had really good intentions right now when talking to these sex workers, you're still going to come off like an asshole because again, these killings have been going on since the 1990s. It's 2023. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, hi, we knew that you and your friends and your coworkers and your neighborhood were all in danger for like decades and we're just doing something now. Can you like help us out and give us some details? Like, I know we said fuck you for, like, 30 years, but now, (laughs) this week, can you help us out? Because we need the media coverage. Like, we need a good headline. Like, I can't. Like, like we changed our minds. Like, please help us. We care now. (laughs) It's not 1996 anymore. Like, this, like, that shit is silly to me. I just, I know. I know that they traumatize these people to try to get these interviews and before this deadline so they could release this special because mm-hmm. this thing is the producer for it the writers for it it's sloppy it's not well put together the backgrounds and everything are so generic 